Welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello there, everyone. Happy Thursday. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Uh, Okay, so the time changed and it's really dark. And um, yeah, I'm sitting in my truck. I hope that this is working and I hope that you guys can hear me. But the reason that I'm sitting in my truck is that I am down here in Temecula training with Yohinnaman. So I usually drive down and um, take two days of lessons. So I ride on like this afternoon and then I'll ride again with him tomorrow morning. Oh, good. We have some people watching. Hi, Holly. Let me know if you guys can hear me and see me okay because I'm sitting in my truck in the parking lot of a Barrens. That's how much I like you guys. <laughs> so I was just telling everyone that I'm down in Temecula working with Yo Hinneman. I brought Harvey and Kensington. Hi, Kim and Sally and Jackie. Oh, good. You guys are here. No fail. And so there's no cell service at the barn there. So that's why I had to drive into town to talk to you guys tonight. Uh, so tonight, I have some interesting things to talk about. Uh, we don't have too many questions, but I have some good things. One thing that I wanted to talk about is that I did a clinic last weekend in Texas. It was such a good clinic, and here's why. The reason that it was such a good clinic was because all of the students that came were so well-suited to their horses. And it was really fun because I was able to do exercises with them and really make a difference for them and for their horses. So it's always really fun for me when I do a clinic and when I can actually give people exercises and see a difference. And I also really love when I teach a clinic It doesn't really matter to me how fancy your horse is or how advanced you're doing. Like, I really don't care whether you're doing training level or whether you're doing Grand Prix. What's most important to me is that you're willing to learn and try new things and that you have a horse that's suitable to you. And that's what was so fun. I taught, it was crazy. I taught 10 lessons a day for two days in Texas But every single horse and rider were super well matched to where I didn't have to get on a single horse. And I was able to talk every rider through exactly what to do. And it was also really fun because a lot of those students have watched my videos and taken some of my online courses. So they were somewhat familiar with my, you know, curriculum and my exercises and also just my voice and my tone. So I think that that made all the students feel a lot more comfortable as well. So that was really fun. I'm definitely going to be doing more clinics. I have one coming up in December in Northern California. And then I think I'm going to do the CDS convention 
in January and then I have a couple in February. So I'll try to put together a list and let you guys all know so you can come and watch the clinics. What else was I going to say? Oh yeah, we also filmed quite a bit of the clinic and my mother, Joellen, was there and she's so supportive. So from the clinic, what I think we're going to do is we're going to take the audio of me teaching and segment it into podcasts. So we've been working on making a podcast, starting with some Q&As like this. And then what we're going to do is we're going to create like little segments of like, for example, me teaching the snowman exercise, put that into say a five minute podcast that you guys could listen to when you're riding. And I would really like to create a whole app where you have like an audio and a video and like a diagram so that's my, that's my goal for, I don't know how long that would take, but I'm super excited. What else? Oh yeah. So the other thing is, as you guys all saw, I feel like so much has happened in the last week. So Harvey and I were awarded the Carol Lavelle training grant from the Dressage Foundation. And it's a huge honor. I'm so grateful to the Dressage Foundation and to all of its supporters for creating programs like this because dressage is so expensive. <laughs> and um, I like just to get a grant like this and to have that kind of funding is such a game changer because it allows me to like be down here riding with Jo Hinneman, who's just an amazing coach. And it's so important to have that education and you really need the support. So when I first moved to California, I had a horse and I was like so poor that I would literally eat like popcorn and oatmeal and I was sleeping in a tack room and I didn't even have money to buy a mattress, but I was paying like $900 board on my horse and I w had no hesitation in you know paying $200 for a lesson when I wouldn't even get myself a mattress to sleep on. So I guess it's paid off, uh, but there's still a lot of work. You know, I think that that's, it's always about the journey. It's never like you're there. And I'm so excited to continue to train and learn from Jo Hinneman and Christine Traurig and Juan Matuda and just everyone that, um, all the amazing teachers that I've had, because that just makes such a difference. And also for me, a big part of that is giving to you guys. So when I come down here for a lesson, then that knowledge I can pass along to you guys as well. So I took Harvey and Kensington down and one thing with Kensington, so Kensington is my younger horse. And when I take him away from home, he's so shy. Like he just like, like retreats into himself and he doesn't do anything bad like he doesn't spook or like buck or run off but he doesn't really react quick enough to me because he doesn't have confidence and he's insecure and so in today's lesson we did a lot of transitions like walk and canter walk and canter walk and canter and Hinneman is so picky about the first canter stride like that the first canter stride has to be super quick active under and that they have to stay really through the top line. So flexed at the pole, lifting in the withers, and coming under through the hind end. So we did probably, I don't know, I would say 20 walk canners in each direction. 
and he, Kensington got a lot quicker. He got a lot more under and a lot more collected. So that was really fun to work on with him. With Harvey, let's see. Harvey, we worked on um, in the passage. That's Harvey's like weakest thing right now is the passage. So Hinneman helped me um, with a bamboo stick to get him lifting a little more the front leg in the passage. And it was really cool. Like he's totally starting to get it. So that was fun. We also worked on the one tempies, getting him to stay more sitting in the croup in the one tempies. So it was super fun. And Henneman is, he's a, like an old dressage master. So afterwards, I was showing him the drone footage that I posted. Like we have, I posted the three loop serpentine from the drone footage. And then we have some really cool drone footage coming up. So we also have the snowman coming drone footage and we have the shallow loop serpentine so i have a lot of figures to show you guys from the drone but he was telling me that when he was in germany and working i think he worked for reiner klemke that they would have theory sessions like they would all sit down for two hours and talk about dressage theory which is so cool because that's what I'm trying to do with you guys. Like you guys that are members of the Academy last night, we had a lecture about half halts and it's really important to learn about the theory of dressage and why we do the things we do, why the exercises are structured the way they are and the tests are set up the way they are. So he was talking about that in the canter pirouette, so when you do a canter pirouette, that it actually becomes a four beat. So when you do a canter pirouette, there is a dissociation of the diagonal pair. So like the canter is usually like outside hind leg lands, and then diagonally the inside hind leg and the outside front leg land together and then you have the inside front leg landing. So that's like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Now in the pirouette, the hind leg actually lands before the front leg. So in the pirouette, the canter becomes four beaded, believe it or not. Now it's different. If you have a horse that's super lazy in the canter, the four beat, the front leg lands before the hind leg. So in a pirouette, the hind leg lands before the front leg. That's what we call positive dissociation. But there was a huge uproar about this, like that people didn't believe that that should be because rhythm is the base of the training scale. So if in a pirouette, we're losing the rhythm of the canter, then that's really bad. So I guess there was this huge debate and he was telling me that there was a period where people were trying to do the pirouettes in like three or four strides so that they didn't lose the rhythm of the canter, which I thought was super interesting. And yeah, Jackie, the half halt lecture. So for those of you guys in the monthly workshops, I did it last night and I do it again on Sunday at noon. So if you missed last night, I'll be there on Sunday. But it was a really good lecture, and I always, honestly, I love putting together the lectures. I put together a new PowerPoint presentation every month because I always learn something. I do a lot of research. I read a lot of books, and learning the theory of dressage, it helps me to be a better teacher as well, like so that when I'm 
teaching you guys in a lesson or on the video or whatever that I have this theoretical knowledge. And so, yeah, it's really fun, really exciting. Okay, what else should I talk about? Oh, yeah. So for those of you guys in the training scale course, we have so much going on. Um, on Sunday, we have our final meeting and graduation for those of you guys in the training scale course. I've been seeing a lot of you guys making awesome dressage training scale pyramids. So part of the training scale course is that for the final project, you do an artistic representation of the training scale, which is really fun to kind of bring it all together and also make yourself a poster that maybe you can post like in the barn or in your tack trunk, somewhere where you see it every day because the training scale is something that you need to be thinking about every single ride. It's what I use on all of my horses, whether they're green horses, Grand Prix horses, and also when I teach my students. So the training scale is everything. Um, Donna says she's still doing the bottom two. Yeah, and you know, the, the training scale course, it's like a lifetime course. So I say that it's like a six to eight week course, but it's something that takes, you know, years and you're always going back and going back to those exercises and referencing the exercises. It's not like you're just done with it. Like Edie says, you can refer to the scale again and again. So it's, yeah, you're never done with it. So that's that. Um, okay, we don't have too many questions. I know Lori had a question. So Lori is here tonight. She's always here. She was saying that she has trouble. She has a big young horse who it sounds like likes to kind of get his head down, like pull his head down and pop his croup up. And what can she do to help with this? So... I think a couple of things. Um, whenever you have a big, strong horse, I talked about this in the half hour lecture last night, but you know, we're like skinny ladies with skinny arms and our horses have big giant necks and they're super strong. So you're never going to out pull your horse. One thing that helps is if you can put your horse in a little shoulder four or shoulder in and especially a horse that tends to like really want to curl and pop their croup up. When you put your horse in that shoulder four, in that shoulder in, it forces them to lower and engage their inside hind leg. It also helps them to move into the outside rein and lift up through the wither. So you're kind of getting that diagonal inside leg to outside rein. That's going to help keep your horse from curling and keep your horse from getting strong. And then I recommend like tons and tons of transition. So whenever your horse wants to get strong, ride a transition in that shoulder four. So you're always keeping them inside leg to outside rein. And if they're just getting really strong and really pulling down on you, you might have to make it even more diagonal. Like you might have to push them way sideways and really get them into the outside rein until you can give on the inside rein. And then the other thing, like we, we were talking about in the half halt lecture, is you have to be quick and clever. So you have to be quicker to like half halt release, half halt release, half halt release. You have to be quicker to feel when your horse starts to go downhill. When they start to curl, you need to fix it immediately. Because if you wait 
for two or three steps, it just snowballs and it gets worse. So the quicker that you can fix it and get the horse up and together again, the better. And then you don't have to be so strong because you're not going to be able to outmuscle your horse. So hopefully that helps you, Lori. Um, okay, we also had, I had someone write me an email and they were asking about a head tilt. So a head tilt is like one of the judges' most favorite things to pick on you guys for. Let me know in the chat if any of you guys have gotten the comment of head tilt because I have. It was my nemesis for a while. I think I got that comment a lot on Trump. So what is a head tilt? A head tilt is basically where the ears are no longer level. So usually the inside ear goes down and the outside ear comes up. The reason that a head tilt is so bad is because it's a sign that the horse is not through and that the horse is not accepting the contact. So it happens a lot in lateral work and in circles when the horse isn't really honestly from inside leg to outside rein or when the horse is too braced on the outside rein, that will cause a head tilt. So whenever you get a head tilt, a really good thing to do is you can make the horse counter flex for a little bit and then go back to the true flexion. Try to get the horse more supple on the outside rein. Do some changes of direction, like some serpentines, because it's just a sign that your horse isn't laterally supple from inside leg to outside rein. And so you need to fix that. You need to do some changes of direction. And one thing that helps get rid of it too, is just thinking about that. Like, like Hinneman always says to me for my half passes, keep the inside ear up. And just kind of that thought about in the shoulder in or in a circle or in a half pass, keeping your horse's inside ear up will get rid of the head tilt. And, um, yeah, so that's it. Okay. What else do we have? Yeah, I'm, it's getting really hot in my car. It's like the weather in California has been so weird. It's been like really cold. And then today it was super hot and windy. I wonder what the weather's like there for you guys. But it's definitely feeling like winter. I'm kind of glad that it's not too cold because when I come down to Hinneman's, I always sleep in my horse trailer and there's been a few nights that I've gotten like freezing cold in there. So hopefully tonight I don't freeze to death in my horse trailer, but I'd rather stay in a horse trailer than go to a hotel. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. Let me know in the chat if any of you guys sleep in your horse trailer. Oh, Edie says it's cold and windy in Colorado. Cold and snowy. Okay, I guess I shouldn't tell you guys that it was, I think it was like 80 or 90 degrees here today. It was, it was hot. It was very hot. So, yes. One final thought for you guys before I go to the grocery store and see if I can find something for dinner. So, I listen to a lot of podcasts, which like I said, I'm working on getting a podcast for you guys so that you guys could listen to this when you're driving to work or whatever. Oh, 40 degrees in Wisconsin, Debbie. That's cold. North wind in Colorado. No to the horse trailer. You're not sleeping in your horse trailer, Lori. <laughs> I guess I'm cheap, right? I have to save my money for my lessons. So that's why I sleep in my horse trailer. 
<laughs> oh, you guys are all so funny. Okay, so here's my last final thought. I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm driving, and I was listening to this podcast the other day about ease. E-A-S-E. I guess you would spell it ease. And it was talking about how, you know, we all have things happen in our life. Like we all have difficulties. We all have hard times, whether it's, you know, with your horse, like your horse is lame or your horse is dangerous or you can't ride your horse or you're not making any progress or whatever. And the big difference for people is how you deal with things that happen because we all have stuff happen to us in life that's difficult. And it's important to think about how you handle things and trying to handle things in a way that creates ease. So like if you have a problem, you know, if something comes up, like let's say, you know, your horse is lame, right? You can look at that as like so negative and, you know, everything sucks and it's so terrible and my horse is lame and it's the end of the world and I should just give up and quit. Or you can look at the positive side of that and say, you know what, like we're all so fortunate to have a horse, to be able to ride. And sometimes with having a horse, and being able to ride, we have difficulties and things go badly, but you always need to turn that around and say, you know what, like, I'm so lucky because I get to have a horse and okay, my horse is lame, but what can I get from this and how can I make this positive? And sometimes it's, you know, I'm going to get to bond with my horse for the next four months while we're hand walking, or I'm going to get to learn about vet stuff and how to take care of my horse better and how to prevent injury. But I just thought that it was, it's really interesting to think about that. And it's not, it's just about taking your situation, whatever it is, good or bad, and being happy with it and finding ease with it and not, not looking at, like in the podcast, they were talking about, you know, the air conditioner was broken at the house and that's so frustrating and annoying. Well, thank God that you have a house and that you have an air conditioner and that you get to call that guy to come and fix your air conditioner. And I think it's always important to put that perspective on life, especially when things are hard and when things aren't going well, to just remember how fortunate we are and how grateful we are. And that if you can find the good in it, and if you can just be happy with where you are at the moment then that changes the whole thing and that changes the whole outlook. And it's always like your thoughts become, you know, whatever you're thinking becomes reality. And so that's something I've been thinking on. Let's see. Monique says, thanks. I needed that reminder. Feeling like I can't catch a break with my girl lately. Yeah, it's hard with these horses. But I think that the thing with the horses that I always you know, is like just thinking for one, okay, how lucky are you that you have a horse? And then for two, it's happening for a reason. Like when you have a really difficult horse, when you have a problem horse, when I look back and think about all of the really hard horses that I had in my past, 
at the time, like it was really hard and whatever. But looking back, I gained so much from every difficult horse that I had. Um, let's see, Donna. Yes, moving them home, a new start. The thought of more time when they are home has me so happy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Donna was asking last week about moving her horse home. And so that is, you know, a situation where you're a little uneasy about the change. But, you know, looking at the positive and looking at all the struggles you might have, like things might fall apart because you don't have a trainer. But you're going to grow and you're going to learn from that. Um, yes, Natalie, her horse is adjusting to the new barn differently than expected, but you're lucky to have him. So yeah, you always learn something. Okay, Cindy, very hard time right now, but I show up and go every morning to ice her foot and give her a big massage. We're just ready to get the shoe back on. She whacked herself running, bucking, and sliding stop. Now it's bruised. Oh, hang in there, Cindy. But often, you know, sometimes after your horse has a little break, a little time off, and they come back better. So it's always good to kind of just, you know, take your time, let your horse to heal, and, um, yeah, hopefully it comes out better on the end. Okay, good to hear from all of you guys. Alrighty, well, I'm going to go and try to find something to eat and hopefully not freeze in my horse trailer. And thank you all for being here. And yeah, I'll keep sharing with you guys about my training and my horses and keep you posted because we have a lot of exciting things to come, a lot of awesome videos and podcasts and courses. And it's so fun, like I said, at the clinic to get to meet you guys and see how much I've taught you guys without even meeting you. That's just crazy. So happy Thursday. I'll see you all next week. Hopefully I won't be sitting in my truck in the dark, but this will do better than nothing, right? (laughs) Bye you guys. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.